Settle down there, our kid. Oh, third week running. Oh, it's great. crackling. It lasted, our kid. It lasted that little um, a little ember of it. Yeah. Well, it, it didn't really last. I've been coming down and oh. just chucking a bit of extra stuff on. <laughs> I thought it was magical. <laughs> yeah, I came down just while you're having your beans on top. Oh. Chucked half a can of petrol on it. <laughs> half a log. <laughs> It's blazing. We need it tonight. It's a yeah. bit more chilly, yeah. isn't it? Tonight, it's getting darker every night. I know that's it, but you know the darkness shows. It's time for spooky stories, even earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Because here we are at Kraken Cove, the podcast that shines a beacon onto the bizarre. And I'm Matt. And I'm Benny. And today we're going to do the third part of our Halloween specials. Oh, I now, we're both really giddy about this one because we've, we're lucky enough to have had loads of input from uh, listeners. And, and they volunteered a load of stories. And it just proves that people listen. Yeah, I'm well happy. <laughs> it's not just us. Yeah, I thought I was screaming into the void. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm so, yeah, so we're going to have a good old selection uh, of stories from people out there. But what we're hoping for is hoping to do it a two-parter if possible so we can do... Um, one set of stories uh, this week and then we're going to do another set of stories next week all from you uh, and then we'll finish off with something special on Halloween oh yes, but very special I just think these are going to be special anyway I think, I think they are, yeah, yeah. but if you've still got any more stories send them in because we do need some more I think I've got a little bit of lighthouse leave to catch up and do some uh, on the field reporting but we need yeah. some more stories so please get in touch if you've got any yeah. so without further ado I reckon we should settle ourselves down me and you Get the older tape deck out. Get, <laughs> yeah. get your Sony Walkman out. Yeah. <laughs> or the generic supermarket version of Alba one. <laughs> and I think we should listen to your spooky stories, Crack and Cove listeners. So the first story is going to be from Gareth Spark. Oh, the dude with the book? He's the dude with the book, yeah. He's oh, a writer cool. of the book um, Dark Earth of Albion, which is available now on Plastic Brain Press um, and various other outlets. I'm sure if you just Google Gareth Spark and Plastic Brain's Plastic Brain Press. Uh, and uh, yeah, The Dark Earth of Albion. Great book. It's really good read, yeah. one of my favourites in the bath, is yeah, that? Yeah, it? it's a good book, it's a yeah, good writer. Really enjoyed you it. Know? And it, he's regaled us with a spooky story of his own. True story. And, uh, and it's, it's an absolute corker. So um, <laughs> let's take it away, Gareth. This is a true story from my time as a security guard a few years ago. This one night I locked up the container unit that served as the security firm's office and headed out into the dark. 
The unit sat on the seawall and a row of painted wooden chalets stretched half a mile ahead in a great curve below the darkness of the cliff. During the day they glittered from the sun's light reflected from the North Sea, but at night they were shadow-wreathed things, the gaps between them all too convenient for a thief or something worse to adopt as a hiding place. It was in Whitby, North Yorkshire, the end of summer. I'd been out of work for a few months and when I'd spotted the position of security guard advertised in the local newspaper, I'd not thought twice about applying. I thought I could sit in the container, drink coffee, read the books I put off reading for years, and work at that novel. Only I hadn't considered the reality of being alone in the shadow of cliffs, hundreds of feet high, at 3am, with nothing but the dark waves and the mists that sprang from them for company. Tourists rented the chalets for the summer, left their valuables inside until they could return the next day. It saved them dragging bags and cases up and from the beach, I suppose, and my firm were there to make sure no hoodlums broke into them in the later watches of the night. I would set out every half hour with my torch, dressed in a large fluorescent jacket and peaked cap, searching along, along the sea wall and the cliff path in a circle, then make it back to the container. The trip took a quarter of an hour and I was utterly alone after the last tourist left. I'll never forget the scratching noise the sea made in the pebbles and stones as it dragged back from the shore. Now the distant melancholy lights of ships passing on the heaving, endless black of the sea. I was 22 years old, fearless as you are at that age, and I was seeing something when I turned back onto the sea wall that last night. The beach of Whitby has been used for 2,000 years by Celtic fishermen, Roman explorers, Saxon monks, and Viking raiders, smugglers and wreckers and killers and honest men alike. A lot of history. A lot of unknown misery, and who knows what drags itself up from those years when the lights are out and the world sleeps. I swayed the torch beam over the sea-wet concrete, whistling, and caught the figure of a man in the beam, seated on the wall, feet dangling over the edge, gazing out to sea. I was startled, as I was convinced I had been alone. Hello, uh, you all right? I said it automatically without thinking, as, as one does. I can see the man now, long black hair, knotted and greasy, hanging down his back, dressed in an outfit of a rough brown material that looked like sacking almost, like nothing I'd seen before. The hairs began to creep up on my arms as the figure turned its head to look at me, and I saw, in the beam of the torch, and where his eyes and forehead should be, there was nothing but a cavernous, smashed-in crater. His lower jaw hung loose and wide and bore a short black beard. You might think you scream at something like that. You don't. You freeze. Your whole body becomes something apart from you. Something that won't obey the, the slightest impulse. And then he was gone just gone, as though at the flicking of a switch. I walked over, shone the torch down onto the beach to see if it was some joker, jumped down onto the sand, but I was as alone as ever I had been, and there was no sound outside the sighing of the sea. I left the job not long after that, 
And that's my ghost story. There we have it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, about, oh. about a quarter of a way in, I did that clap. You know, when you gulp, you go, gulp. <laughs> I'm like, shit. It was scary before he turned around and saw, oh, God, that was good, man. Yeah. Jesus. Then you scrape close, you think, oh my god, they're close from not this era, that's like yeah. some dirty old past in it. Yeah. His head all caved in and that. You can imagine sort of like he might have been a sailor and you know, like imagine like a big block and tackle snap yeah. and a great chunk of wood going smacking in it with oh, his bones. I think he's more sinister though, someone's kid, so. yeah, that's why he's there, he's still someone, you know, like caved in by someone thrown off cliffs and all good. Wreckers, might it, yeah, it could oh, be. Oh god, can you imagine? Really, man, so well read though, really wordy, just like his book. Absolutely beautifully read and beautiful <laughs> words to it. It got me that proper got me, and that bit of freezing. It just reminds me of my start when I've had you know that first time we're all fully. The only time in my life when I've been fully faithful, froze absolutely froze. And you're right, Mad, yeah. Jesus Christ, that's a good tale. It's an absolute <laughs> corker, isn't it? Oh, well done to kick him off with that. Well yeah. done, mate. That is brilliant. brilliant. Cheers, Gareth. Thanks for So the next story going to have up today is from our friend Charlotte. Shazba. Shazba. Oh, <laughs> bless him, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good yeah. on. I can't wait to hear a little voice again. Yeah. Hope you're well, darling. Hope you're well. <laughs> and she sent us two stories. So we're going to listen to one now. And it, either listen to one next week or we'll just see how we go to Yeah, now. let's play it by ear, Yeah, let's play it by ear. So this is the first story by Charlotte. Hi, Ben and Matt. Um, one of your avid listeners here. I just wanted to talk to you about one of my spooky stories. I had a very, very, very scary incident, um, many actually, in my grandparents' bathroom when I was very little. Um, picture the scene. So I don't know whether your viewers will remember Isel toilet paper, but um, my grandparents' bathroom had all of the trappings of a 70s bathroom the special Eisel toilet paper dispenser even, and one of those incredible um, dolls covering up the conventional toilet paper with her beautiful knitted skirt. And the smell of the bathroom still stays with me to this day, the kind of medicated soap. And then the pièce de résistance was the, uh, the overhead cistern with the chain that you pulled and the noise that came from that thing was just the most terrifying thing that I can possibly imagine. I'm sure that if I was to hear it today, it would make my blood run cold. It was just terrifying. So here I am, I don't know, maybe as young as five or six, being told by my parents that I needed to go to the toilet by myself because I was a big girl. And so off I would trudge up the stairs, leave, the um, comfort, the warmth and comfort of what was the sitting room of my grandparents' house, I'd have to shut the door behind me because, you know, the hallway was drafty and turn the light on, climb up these stairs that seemed to go on forever and ever and then turn the corner and go down a very long corridor and then right at the very end was this um, this toilet and I'd, um, I'd go in there, do what I needed to do 
and then I'd be told that I had to flush the toilet. So there I would stand on my tiptoes, pull the chain and then run for dear life because the noise that came from that thing was absolutely petrifying. So I'd run, I'd run past the bath, down the long corridor, which was always drafty, always freezing cold and kind of chilling. It's kind of mad when, well, okay, maybe giving away the end of my story, but it was a chilling place. Then turn at the top of the top of the stairs, down these incredibly steep stairs, and then run through the doorway and be sort of left in this family room panting for breath and the first thing that be said would be shut that door behind you and i'd be just this shadow of my former self now it might seem like that's a little bit trivial um young young person just i don't know sensitive to noise but years later and, and this is the thing about, you know, 70s parents, it's like, were you not thinking this through? Did it not make sense that just for that short while, the little person could actually leave the door open, even though the hallway was slightly drafty? Because I was told by my family when I was old enough for it to, you know, really sink in how incredibly cruel this whole thing was, that someone in my grandparents' house had hung themselves at the top of those very stairs. And, well, what more could I say? It scarred me for life. Just the thought of Isle toilet paper is enough to send me into just a, I don't know, a, a cringeworthy sensation of horrible kind of hairs on the back of my neck. Oh, it's just oh, scary as. Anyway, fingers crossed, I'll see you and Ben sometime soon and I'll be able to check out your lovely, lovely beaming lighthouse. And thanks, guys. Feel better for getting that off my chest. What about that one? Oh, fuck me. She got me, you know, I'm thinking, oh, what kind of brand she on about here? She described the toilet roll holder. And I can and then those little dolls. Yeah. And then looking up, I swear, God, my hair started poking up. I felt a hanging before it got there. Yeah. That's the weird thing about that story. Something about the chain. It was, the toilet, that and how high it was. Not. Oh, poor little love. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Go on, Shazbar. Go to Lou on your own. You know what I mean? The little knees knocking up. Careful hanging corpse. Oh, my God. I'm family members swinging from that. That is so disturbing. Oh, so scary, oh the poor little it? love. That is just not right. <laughs> I the thing is, it's, it's true about the 70s, though, isn't it? You know what They I mean? didn't give a shit about <laughs> either. What's up with them? What's, what's even worse? It's bloody eyes on toilet paper. Whoever oh, thought that was a good idea? God, it's cruel enough that, isn't it? It's bloody greaseproof paper. Trying to run back with a cut button, that. <laughs> oh, poor little Charlotte. That is so well read as well. Great descriptions in that. that. You yeah. got me. You proper got yeah. me. The airs were tingling and thinking, oh no, what is it? What is it? <laughs> Swinging family member. <laughs> from Charlotte there. I'm going to roll on now from a, a, a guy I know called Richard. Now Richard right. and Jill 
are a couple. Cool. And um, they both got some stories between them. Oh, so we're going to kick things off first with one from Richard, and then probably a little bit later on we'll go back and have another one from either Richard or Jill. See, see which one we fancy. <laughs> so, yeah, so let's have a little listen to this one from Richard. Now, I'm here to interview Richard because I believe, Richard, you've had a ghostly experience. I've had several, but yeah. Several? One, one major one. Right. Uh, was it an nightclub in Leeds that was re- I used to work on the door there. Yeah. Uh, and they ended up refurbishing it. We had a few hairy experiences just on doors, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Loads. <laughs> but none as bad as this one. Can we, can we name the nightclub or is it? Upstairs, a- downstairs in Armley. Oh, and I, I used to pass it every day on the yeah. way to work. I did. Yeah. I used to cycle past there. And it's a bit of a weird place because it's derelict now, isn't it? It is. Uh, it burnt down. Oh, did it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was a, after the nightclub, it was a nursery. Or a dance studio and then a nursery. Yeah. And then somebody set fire to it. So you were on the door at yeah, the upstairs. A lot of years. Yeah, yeah. So what, what, was your, what was your experience? Well, if you went and joined the day, because there were obviously two floors, you could hear somebody walking upstairs across the floors. So when you were downstairs, you could when hear you were downstairs, upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even just during the day, you could hear people really? walking. Yeah. Mm. Or somebody walking across the floor. Obviously, nobody else in. And was it quite loud or muffled? Yeah, or was it? it was just... Like bump, bump. Just bump. But then really? the hand dryers would go on and off. Uh, and then when refurbing it, took the ceilings down. Obviously, we knew who it was in the end. Really? We're disturbed. Obviously, she's disturbed her. Oh. Uh, and she wasn't happy. Right. Just being played out. Uh, wow. And I can see you've just changed yeah, there talking yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the toilet door opened. Yeah. And it was like, Somebody just opened a freezer door. It just went absolutely stone really? cold. So, yeah, uh, absolutely stone and cold. And was it like a was it like a draft or was just it like just draft. the temperature just went really? Just yeah, like the temperature it. went down, but I was the other side of the room. Like a big fridge door. Just a big fridge door opening. My God. Uh, and she came across in like a grey shroud, and I was out. You there. saw it. Yeah. But yeah. It was, oh my God. Um, it turns out she was, she killed herself. She hung herself. In the upstairs downstairs, because her husband, oh sorry, a husband or a boyfriend, got killed in World War One. Right. And it was no church then, and she hung herself on that site. Was it? Yeah. Right. And that's her. Oh man, I like because um, Richard isn't a small guy, and he knows how to handle himself, and he's taken on a few scrapes here and there. So to see this guy getting a little bit nervous. <laughs> I was. I was. At, it was seven o'clock in the evening. There's only me in there. Just finished off by myself. I didn't even lock really? up. Switch lights out. I was out of there. And the Man, so you just legged yeah. it in that way. I just legged it, yeah. Did you go? But did you go back again? Oh yes, you're on the day, but there was two of us. I won't go, go back by myself. <laughs> you had, had backup. Yeah, never go back by myself. My God, that is bad, is that? Yeah. And then we looked into the history of it, and yeah, that's when we found out. One of the previous owner, a previous owner, when it was in the paper, got in touch and told us a full story about her poor woman. That is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us. Very that's scary. a really scary story. Yeah. <laughs> there we have. Richard's story. Bloody hell, he's got it all, hasn't he? You know what I mean? Big dude. If he bounces it upstairs, downstairs, that man is rock fucking hard, man. I've sucked in there, and that is a rough dive back in there. Well, he's played, played a lot of rugby, is Richard. He's a big rugby yeah, lad, sort of thing, you know, and he's, he's, got, a, he's got quite a history, I believe. I bet. <laughs> but the thing is, though, it's like, 
that bit about it going stone cold, you know, just that feeling. Yeah. All right, you've heard your footsteps, not rest of it, but just that bit, that moment, and then bang, stone, stone cold. cold. Toilet door open. Glided oh, out there. Oh no, man, Jesus! And I he, would shit myself. Oh man, oh, so I just cack it. Then I go with it. Oh, that's it. I've done. I'm a ghosty too. Let's make a couple. You know what I mean? Just don't eat my soul or something. Jesus, no. Oh. It's great though. It's fantastic. <laughs> you can hear it in his voice again, you know what I mean? It's just, you relive it, don't you? Yeah. Like, his hairs go up, bloody hell, that, that freezing coldness. You just know that the atmosphere's changed. Changes like, everything, oh, then suddenly like, the doors open. But like tell you what a funny building that is. It's got a right funny shape. It doesn't look like a church. It looks like like some, I don't know, it reminds me a bit of a Spanish kind of, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, 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 got, like, it's got like a stuck I think it's what it is on that site. Ah, uh, that makes sense, there. yeah, because it's a right funny yeah. shape building anyway yeah, yeah Paul of oh, oh, rafters well that's too swinging so far <laughs> Jesus I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> can make it a tree yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll just stop the fire let's yeah please get a couple of more blocks on man <laughs> Well, unfortunately, uh, this next story uh, I've had to delete. Uh, the reason is that um, it was a bit of a gamble recording it. It was uh, one from Richard's wife, Jill. And she was a little bit uncertain when she recounted it at the time, thinking, oh, I don't know whether I should tell you this one because it involves somebody else I know and blah, blah. And on consideration... Um, we decided that because we didn't have permission of the people involved, although we didn't name them, just out of respect for those people, um, we decided to remove this this particular story. Which, like I say, it's a bit of a shame, but it also shows that it's up to you, the listener. Um, it's your, they're your stories. Um, you can decide to tell them, and if and if you're not sort of comfortable, you can always turn and say, hey, you know what, Matt, you know what, Benny. Um, would you just pull that? I'm not sure I should be telling you this. <laughs> now, it, it, it was a great story uh, and fantastically told by Jill, uh, and I still have it on, on record. So if she, if she decides to change her mind at any point, I'll uh, I'll release it. And uh, But for now, unfortunately, we're going to have to remove this, this story. Um, but there is more in the show, so when you hear it mentioned that uh, Jill gets a mention later on, and she's got two fantastic stories to tell us, um, you'll know what we're referring to. This is a bit of a continuity thing. So, uh, yeah, on with the show. So now, next story up, I think, it's time to go to uh, a, a poet called Simon Widder. Oh, cool, a yeah, poet. A, a proper poet. Sweet. So, yeah, we got we got a bit of... Um, Highbrow high listenership. <laughs> I'm liking it. Is uh, he going to do it poem form? <laughs> he let the raven. No, I think he's just going to go straight. Yeah, that'd be quite good. That, wouldn't it? Maybe we should commission that. Let's commission your ghost story to be done in poem form. 
But um, he's got a book out at the moment. It's all Simon right. Widdop. It's called Poet from the Black Lagoon. And that Sweet. is also out, coincidentally, with Plastic Brain Press. They're not paying us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that sponsorship deal. We're looking after each other. Yeah. From the Black Lagoon, that sounds <laughs> it. Yeah, Poet from the Black Lagoon. So, cool. yeah, I think that sounds like it'd be pretty good. So let's have a listen to Simon Widdop's spooky tale. Let's get it on. Three words. Haunted Scare Attraction. A couple of years ago, I were um, doing seasonal work at a, um, at a scare attraction. Um, I don't think I can <laughs> say which one for legal purposes, but um, it was one in Wakefield. And the grounds where it is, part of it is allegedly haunted by... The, the legend varies, sometimes it's it's a headless monk, sometimes it's a monk that committed suicide in these woods. Basically it involves a monk. Now, for me, I, I don't really believe in, in ghosts or the supernatural, because science isn't there for me. Anyway, we're working in one of the attractions that's in the woods, because there's sort of five or six spread across this land. And the room that I'm working in is basically it's all one way system there's a very tight horseshoe sort of turn that the um, the punters would take so they'd come into my room I were there with another actor um, they would walk past us and we'd chase them through into the next scene so there's only there's the entrance way in and there's the exit way out into the next room and one night and again I I would love to know what caused this, but there was something, there was a black shape that passed from my right side to my left side, and it felt, you know, when someone walks close behind you, you, you can sort of you feel it, don't you? I felt something definitely go from my right to my left and towards this, um, this small curtained area which is where we just kept refreshments for sort of downtime or just be able to you know grab a quick drink and stuff and to be fair we'd had punters go the wrong way we were we stood at one side and stupidly enough people would walk towards us despite the fact you know we're stood there with you know blood and guts and drills and all sorts of the good stuff they would still walk towards us and we had to sort of shepherd them round so, you know, we'd been used to a couple of times having to guide people away. So I went over to the, this sort of curtained area and there's no one there. It's weird. Can't, you know, I, I definitely felt someone go there. Anyway, we, we get a bit of downtime and we all sort of go and stand outside the building just to just to sort of catch five minutes, you know, just sort of maybe get his masks off for a little bit and stuff. Anyway, I tell this story to to a couple of the actors that are there, and the the guy that was running the door, the sort of the crowd, the initial crowd control, said that he had seen somebody. And again, you hear from the people that had worked there for years previously, you hear this story of sort of the the phantom customer that would walk down this very specific path, but would then not scuttle off or run off into the woods but would just sort of walk down so far 
and turn into the woods. And this had happened, I don't know, maybe five, ten minutes before I'd had this sort of feeling in in the room. And, you know, we, we sort of hear the we'd hear the stories off the security guards who would say, oh yeah, we, we'd had reports that someone had walked off into the woods and we'd gone to sort of go and get them and guide them back out, but there's there's no one there. So, yeah, I, like I say, I, I can't explain it, but how often do you get to say you've worked at possibly a, a haunted scare attraction? There we have it. <laughs> the irony, the irony! <laughs> That is fantastic. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Very good. And again, it brings me back to that feeling. It was so important to me. One of my stories I said last uh, a couple of weeks ago, I felt it and saw it move. And, it, you know, it, I, yeah. and my body reacted to it. I knew something were there and it won't, you know what I mean? But well, that's it. it. I mean, it, it, for me, though, more and more, it shows that there's, there's possibly a terrific amount of energy involved in yeah, these yeah. creatures or entities or whatever you want to call them. You know, it's 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 there because he obviously was aware of something. It felt he felt it passed the physical presence of it. You yeah, know? yeah. It, it mattered that much. He went and checked his signs, didn't he? And looked <laughs> bill, like his, his ties are still there. And yeah. that. But other people reporting it on the site. Security guards going into woods for it. You know, it's just known, yeah, isn't it? And he's it. just had a taste of it as well. You and know, the fact I mean? that it's sort of like the scarers have become the scared. Yeah, <laughs> and plus, I bet when you're in that situation, I bet you're far from scared. You're just doing it that much. Yeah, he's there I'm with his so. drill, and he is the ghoul, isn't yeah. he? You know what I mean? You're not be like tight or tense or you know waiting for something like that but i suppose if you think about it though if ghosts do want to feed off like fear energy yeah. what a better place to hang out yeah <laughs> <laughs> Mate, very true isn't it yeah. yeah is that sort of you could call it like a scary energy there already it's you know they may be gathering to feast on oh, these things <laughs> I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad monks are scared and not at school <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad Simon got out alive. Yeah, you know well I mean? done. That a good spooker. Yeah, that yeah. really different. I love the uh, imagery to that. Yeah, thank you very much, Simon. Yeah, well done. Yeah, I think what we need to do now, let's swing back round to Richard and Jill's house mm, and let's see another yeah. story from Richard yeah, here, this one. one. Yeah, this is the, this one, the, I have to say, I, I, uh, I, I enjoyed that first one from Richard yeah. and the one from Jill very yeah. much. But uh, uh, this one, this next one's a doozy. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got another one then. Right? Yeah, the other one is, I was apprentice, I was about 18 and 19, working at John Lang Construction in Leeds. Yeah. It's the telecom house on Westgate. Oh, I know what you mean, yeah. Opposite yeah, the Evening yeah. Post building? Yeah. Well, it's still there now. It's next to the tax office. Yeah. And it was probably a year into the job. It was a two or three year job. Uh, and they're putting towel cranes. I put all the hoardings up because I was like only a first year apprentice. Yeah. Uh, put all the hoardings up and one thing or another. And the guy's putting the towel crane on. It was on tracks in those days. Uh, two people fell off that. One died. One no ended up in a way. wheelchair. Yeah. yeah. I was, luckily, I was at What well, sort of height was that from? Oh, it was 14 oh I don't know because they're still erecting it it's 14 stories but that's not the that's oh, not man, the guy that's still <laughs> but I was at college then but the the guy the experience was uh, in those days you had big canteens like porter cabins and they had a, a proper cafe in there where they used to yeah. coffee on the morning Yeah. and they're about six to a table and on my table 
was a, a I thought he was old then he's probably on his 30s yeah Eamon an Irish labourer green overalls on curly hair mousy like a mousy gingery colour hair uh, as Irish as it come and sat, I was sat on our table obviously yeah. I was on block release and day release but it was always there and there was hundreds of people in the canteen uh, and when I was at college he got killed on site he did so, yeah sulces were putting oh drain pipes God. down from the 14th floor on a crane uh, and the holes were only about 300 square yeah and th these pipes were three or four meters long and it slid off the sling oh, and no. dropped 14 floors but bear in mind it was only 300 so it did well to go through that he was sweeping at the bottom of in the in the basement went straight through his back and killed him oh absolutely my God. terrible yeah oh that is absolutely yeah. awful. i was at college then so yeah site got closed and one thing or another oh uh, investigations chase cut the chase up years later sorry it was bottom of the lift shaft where he was it was yeah, cleaning yeah. out cut the chase years later went into uh where the middle and railways is timber yard next to it called marslands it's yeah. just juicens now and uh so go funny <laughs> at this. Uh, when i was working at a pub in pudsey I, I got to know the the yard guy the manager in the the timber yard like the, the yard foreman that said the timber and things and i was down there for some timber one day and uh mick the called him he says he's never given guess what's happened to me so what he says I mean, I keep doing delivery down in uh, in Leeds. So I write this off till he come out. Westgate. So bloody hell, save me time there. So he'd never guess what happened. So nice. So we had to go right now. Go all goose poop at this. He says, uh, went in, stood in the lift, uh, press the button for the lift. Guy stood in front of us. I says, uh, he says, we got into the lift. This guy just disappeared. I said, no. I said, what did he look like? He says, well, kill yeah, bloody green overalls on. I said, I'm going to tell you a story now and you're not going to believe me. No way. And I told him about when I was an apprentice and he couldn't believe it. And that I said, I said what's amazing. the coincidence of you talking to me about that and me being on site when it happened? Uh, yeah, he just got into the lift, doors closed, and he just disappeared. And he looked at his brother and says, where's he gone? Where's he gone? And that way, yeah. That, well, that's, that's my, well, I don't know. I'm not too sure. That, that's yeah. incredible. But that is, that's just true, poor Eamon. He's been drinking in Tommy Wasses and obviously well, he's got a family. I agree with that, poor Eamon. Yeah. But, you know. but anyway, on behalf of Cracking Cove Podcast, I'd like to thank you, Richard. Yeah. Cheers no for problem. that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that was the second of Richard's stories. <laughs> Bloke, he bothered about death. He said, oh, this one died, that one died. Clearly, I do got it bottom of the live shaft. And then, jeez. Just think of that. Pipe falling, fourteen oh, stories down a lift shaft, and see, it's God. like something like Final Destinations thing. Oh, it? I mean, it's going to make you. You're at the bottom of it, sweeping up, and then just chug, 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 yeah, you goes would, through the back. I wonder if it was even just silent, just in, uh, it was just like uh, <laughs> You wonder what right thing about it. Back. And let's see, he's probably still trying to sweep up in afterlife, isn't he? Not having a clue. That's his. Oh, no, God. he just won't know he's dead. Yeah, exactly. I think that's when he could be walking Earth still, aren't you? Gee whiz. Yeah. And like I said, there's no coincidence where you go to see curly hair, green overalls and that. Oh, that's it. It's oh, my God. And you were having brekkie with him one day, gone the next. Yeah. Wow. But she also done it in construction bits. It's our job. Our mm, job, you know. It's our job to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> What's all that about? They're all fun. Wow! Oh, no. <laughs> well, like it is. I mean, we got we got it pretty easy here at Lighthouse, haven't we? Toasting marshmallows, having a bit of a chat, couple of cheeky beers. Then just that lift shaft and getting killed. At least he had a canteen though. That's all right, isn't it? You can't beat a canteen bacon banjo, oh, can you? Oh mate, a bit of spam. No, I had to do all cooking it and all. <laughs> <laughs> you good at it.
But now I think, why don't we go back and visit Charlotte and have oh, another story? Yeah, over that Charlotte, would be good. Yeah. yeah, the beautiful Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't be about beauty, mate. He's about lady's intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> Very true, but she's a little beauty. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's have a let's have a second of, of the stories from Charlotte. I'm I'm thinking I want to get back in touch with Easy because I think mm -hmm. if I uh, not really twist around a bit, that sounds a bit nasty. Yeah. But with a bit of coaxing, I think there might be a couple more stories to come. Oh, yeah. But for now, let's have yeah. the second of the two stories that Charlotte sent us. Take it away, Charlotte. Okay, Matt, so I appear, Matt and Ben, I appear to be on a bit of a roll with this, so I'm going to tell you another spooky story. I, uh, it's all about that sitting room, actually. That That's the memory that I have in my head. I am um, told from a very young age that my dad, my dad was really small when he was born. He, you know, he was born in, like, 1940s, so, you know, um, back in the back in the old days when you know kids didn't really always make it when they were small but he was so tiny that when he was born first of all he was put in a shoebox on the mantel shelf in this sitting room that you know I used to uh, run into like a madwoman after my visits to the um, the spooky bathroom and um, it evoked such powerful memories to me of of the story of my, my dad you know and his his babyhood being told to me um, in that sitting room and they tell me that you know when when he got a little bit older and he had this like cotton wool um like vest that they used to pluck because he got bigger and um eventually he progressed and to a point where you know they put him in the drawer and um he, he slept in the drawer for a few months you know when you think about you know baby care units nowadays it's just kind of mental but my dad started on the mantel shelf and then he progressed into the drawer and it just, you know, the the picture of that sitting room, you know, the um, the heavily patterned carpet and the, uh, you know, the the armchairs with the wings on the sides of them, and you know, just being in that space and hearing this story about my dad and him being so small. And years, years later, I went to see a medium, and um, she told me that I had someone that was watching over me, not in a really spooky way, I don't think in a, you know, kind of ready to, you know, jump at me from around a corner kind of way, but, you know, more in a sort of, you know, guardian sort of way, which, you know, felt quite comforting to me, but she said that he hadn't been born into this world, but he was a close relative and his name was Brian. So um, I thought this was mental and I didn't really know what to make of it. And then... I remember this story about my dad when he was really little and I remember that he was a twin and um, so I asked when I when I saw my parents the next time I said you know um what about this this young man you know well, young man I'm sorry he was a sadly a dead baby but you know what 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 can you tell me about him and they said that his name was Brian. So my dad was the smallest of these two twins and his older brother, who sadly passed away before he was born, was um, was Brian. And so there I am, Uncle Brian, wherever you are, watching over me. I don't know whether he's watching over me in a kind of old man kind of way or whether he's watching over me in a kind of little baby fetus kind of way but you know it's kind of lovely that this spirit I suppose it's lovely and it's also a bit freaky that this spirit is you know watching over me all the time and was watching over me when you know I was running terrified down this corridor 
um, looking for, you know, hope, hope, light at the end of the tunnel um, in my grandparents' house that was just so, so, so spooky. Um, but there you go. That's, a, that's another story. I have lots, but I think I'll probably just leave you with that one. Okay. Um, as I said before, can't wait to, you know, maybe one day get into my little robot and, um, you know, well, I don't know, maybe robot Pete could help me out with that one and get over to your lighthouse and see, you know, it sounds like such a cosy place to be. Take care. Bye. And there we have the second spooky oh, story from Charlotte. She's so lovely. She is so lovely. I tell you what, she really paints a picture though. That bit... What were going on in past? I know it was a bit more rough and ready, but it's not yeah, that long ago, is it? You just think, little, you progress from shoebox to draw. <laughs> you think, oh my god. And he made it in, oh wow, yeah. what a tale that is. Little Brian didn't, he didn't oh, make no. it. I don't think you'd be like an old man energy or a baby energy. I think you're just an energy. Just like it? a spirit energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's far. You don't want all some weird little fetus floating around <laughs> the body, <laughs> Or some, like, man-child. Like. <laughs> just looks exactly like a dad, but in a nappy. <laughs> behind. But I bet you, you had your back going down that corridor. Bright were there for yeah, you. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's totally true. I think these little, little baby little spark of light will be now oh, they're looking after we it we take it for granted don't we all this technology and stuff like that and that's what they had to get through in old days but wow well that's it you lose one twin you got the other tiny little twin baby what do you do oh you do like you said you'll put it on a, on a ventilator or put it on a little thing give me like, cottonwool vest cottonwool vest in the shoebox <laughs> So dark, isn't it? Oh, it is. That's crazy. Oh, Charlotte, that race. You really took me there with that one. Brilliant. Oh, lovely for the absolute pearl. Thank you very much. And hopefully, we'll be rattling your cage later on so you can get some more. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking here the, uh, the 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 sisters are doing it best here. I think they're doing a good show, aren't they, ladies? They are. They're doing really good. Yeah. So I think what we should do with let's have the uh, I think we should go back and see Richard and Jill. Let's let's talk to Jill again. Let's have another oh, story. Yeah, from please, Jill. Jill. Yeah, because hers are hers are really spooky stories yeah. coming from Jill. I wish again it's another person. I wish I could tap into a little bit more for some because yeah. she's got, got a lot of stories. Terrifying tales yeah. from Jill. But for now, we'll just have to make do with these next two. Yeah. Now we're talking about a place which is sort of like an area where I grew up, but I was told as a kid not to go down on these particular fields right. because my mum said to me that there's a bad man or a bad man down there. But you've had a bit of an experience around here, so would you be able to tell us what that was? Yeah, I went down, took the dog for a walk. Yeah. And went over the bridge. So this is a bridge that goes over the a railway, railway line. Yes. And it leads onto sort of open fields, open doesn't fields, it? Open fields, farmers' yeah, fields. Yeah. And I've always felt like there was something wrong. Every time I'd gone with a dog, That's I always felt really wrong. nervous. And yeah. Like I shouldn't be there. So this particular wow. afternoon I went, I just, out of the corner of my eyes, I turned onto the bridge. Yeah. There was just something coming up the bridge that was like a black shadow like a big black mass of yeah a shape. just sort of fl literally floating up the bridge no way but it just made me feel really 
really nervous. So what do you, I mean, I can't imagine you walk towards it. I imagine you, yeah, I did. you're like, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did hoofed it. That's so brave of you, that. But as soon as it, as soon as it knew I'd seen it, it, it just disappeared. As, just as soon as I made eye contact, not eye contact, but as soon as I looked at it, it just went. So it was almost like, on your periphery, but as soon as you focused, it was gone. As soon as I focused on it, it knew, and it just disappeared. Wow. Yes, I mean, that's a great, that's like a proper classic haunting in a way. That's yeah. great. parents first house yeah they bought a brand new house and they in um in whitby oh lovely we've been doing some uh, stories about whitby and they were brand new houses but they were built on the burial ground so oh no it's just like poltergeist my mum <laughs> sort of senses things and stuff yeah so. yeah and she always used to say there's somebody walking across the landing upstairs yeah and my dad used to no no it's a new house it's all just settling and yeah which is, you know, like you, what you would but think, I imagine. When then I got to about six or seven. Yeah. And I used to be followed by a family that were in the house. By a family. Yeah. They so used not just one person. No, there was. You could see them. They were all used to go around in like order of size, like parents, like children, and they used to walk around the landing and come see me at night. And the the smallest one used to run round with me when. We're chasing the dog up and down the stairs. The youngest, the smallest one used to follow me around. Oh my God. <laughs> Were you frightened though? No. And when did, and did they, I've always wondered this about seeing seeing ghosts and things. Did they look solid? These didn't. Or were they kind of semi-transparent? Yeah, like a, they were quite grey and they were very, um, very disturbed. It was quite disturbing. Disturbed, that's an interesting yeah, they description. they were happy. So the reason they were uncertain, they were almost like the classic restless ghost in a way. Yeah. I also when I finally got to talk to my mum about it when I was older, she'd had a dream, she used to dream about them, but we didn't <laughs> know that I was seeing them and she was dreaming of them. Well that is absolutely amazing. Did you ever find out who they might have been, who might have been there before? We don't know. We couldn't like, I suppose it's on the graveyard, it's, yeah. you just don't know. Yeah. Restless spirits. Two quick spooky tales from Jill there. Oh, yeah, the bridge one was great, but God almighty, that one in Whitby. Oh, you just a family, a oh. procession family following you oh, around. Man. Like now, you just dad just keel over, won't be a techie, but as a kid, you kind of take it, don't you? You just think it's the norm somehow, oh, don't you? Wow, running up and down, playing with dog, you know, weaving the ghostly yeah. children, following you around with. You know, size order as well. Our bodies actually just skipping down at six down corridor. They're all looming behind, all disturbed. Oh, all disturbed. <laughs> That's the thing. Absolutely. Not happy. It's oh, just so strange. Oh, that's an excellent story. That is really. But really the thing is, if you'd met Jill. You, you wouldn't turn around and think, oh, it's a flight of fancy. Yeah, she's like yeah. an easy sort of like put some news easily put to these sort of sort of bits of sort of stories. And yeah, things. yeah. But yeah, very sensible, down to earth person, logical person, not sort of like flighty or anything. You know, yeah. she's just saying it there, you know, just so matter of fact, like, yeah. just like, oh, I think I thought, you know, it just happened. Oh, I saw that, yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. when I asked her, were you frightened? You were like, no. Wow. And the innocence of children, I do really believe that yeah. we've all got it in us, that bit about sensing the other place, but we just forget about it, you know. Yeah. more older we get, we just kind of lose touch with that. But as kids, I think, yeah, you're open, you know what I mean? You're seeing 
seeing it real. I think as well, I think with a lot of kids that, like you say, they're more sensitive to seeing things, and that, mm. as you say, they're more open, they don't... And accepting. Yeah, accepting of what they're uh, seeing. Yeah. Think, oh, well, yeah, they're great, I've got the family wandering around. Bloody Adam's family, fucking <laughs> following out house, man. <laughs> Jesus, wait. Well, look, that, that first one, though, as well, I find, uh, because I'll just expand a little bit more on that, yeah, yeah. Um, I've always found these fields, which were sort of like down that area where we used to live, um, the house where you, you won't remember the house because yeah, yeah. you, you never lived there. Oh, well, there's um, a baby. Well, uh, maybe it's a baby, yeah. yeah. You know, it was only a really little baby. Yeah. But you won't remember it quite as much as, you know, because I had friends who used to want to go play, play yeah. there, you know. Oh, no, I wasn't allowed down there to play. You're like, do not go down on those fields. What Romans down there are ghosties? Well, like, this is the thing I could never understand. It just, our mum, she just used to say to me, do not go down there because there's. Either, I can't remember which one, either a bad man or there are bad men down there. Mm. But then I'd start to have this dream, almost like a daydream and a dream at the same time sort of thing, so on off, yeah. of a cloaked figure, all in black, almost like a silhouette, yeah, yeah. with a hat pulled down so that he's peeking below the brim of the hat but over the top of his cape, which he's mm. kind of got pulled around in front yeah, of his face. Yeah. And in his other hand, he has a dagger. Oh my god! And I just see this almost like as a ghost running across these fields <sighs> in oh, my head. Wow. That's what I see this black shape. That's pretty what Jill said. Eh? Like, like yeah. Black shape. You know what I mean? But and that's whenever I think of these fields, and I've recently been having a bit to spend a bit of time down there for one reason or another. Mm. I've been down yeah. there recently, and it's it's not got a great atmosphere. Yeah, it's a very yeah. strange atmosphere. Very lonely kind of place. It's the sort of place that you can imagine. Do you know what it's like? It's like one of those places from 1970s sort of adverts, you know, where it's sort of like the spirit of dark water. Yeah, I was going to say, even <laughs> with the image that you said there, yeah. I'm thinking, God, it sounds like one of those things. When you look across Bond and there's just death there, you yeah, know what I mean? Don't thing. swim, kids, or it'll <laughs> fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesus. I'll stab you up, you naughty little shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shiv, you whack the fuck up. <laughs> Swimming the light. So yeah, but that, well, it's funny because that's why I mentioned I was mentioning that to Richard at the time when we were yeah, all talking, yeah. and then that's when he sort of says, "Oh right, Jill," and she was like, "What is it?" And, it's, and you know what Matt said about that. Yeah. And that's what he, he said. Ah, refresh the memory on it, like yeah. So she's God. seen this. It seems like her mum's got the shining and all. Yeah. I know she's actually dreaming about that family in Whitby. <laughs> she's I playing with kid on stage. I know it's running in wow, the family. Oh man, yeah. that shiver. Wow. <laughs> Good on you, Jill. They're fantastic yeah, tales yeah, great of story, terror. Man. Yeah, but you can see now why I want to get back down there and get yeah, some Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Uh, hopefully, they'll have us back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paddy. It's getting a little late now around the campfire. Yeah, yeah, even, yeah, those even, yeah, even for the special special <laughs> edition, you know what I mean? It's like a, I just want to stay up all night listening to them, but we can't because it gets scary. To be honest with you, the, the shadows are creeping about at the moment. They're getting longer and longer, and I'm getting scared and scared. <laughs> <laughs> so we still do have more stories for uh, for next week. So if you have a, if you have already sent us something and it's not been on this episode, worry not. It's going to be mm. appearing uh, next week. Um, 
and it's going to be just as good, if not better, potentially. Hopefully, hopefully. I've got a bit of field work to do out there. I yeah. hope I deliver. Me too. I've got to get. Uh, I've got to get Robo Pizza to take us to the mainland for a little bit. Yeah. Get in the old party panda oh, and see if I can. See what can rustle up. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have a fun-packed episode for you next week as well. But this. This is the last story we've been given in now. This has been sent to us by Melody and Richard of uh, Plastic Brains Press. I know we've got a few mentions this week. They get the money's worth, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, they deliver. They deliver, <laughs> they deliver these deliver, guys. Yeah. So they they were they were kind enough to put me in touch uh, with both Simon and Gareth um, originally, just to sort of like over social media. Yeah, great people, both of them. But uh, I have to say, I'm a big fan of. Uh, Melody and Richard. They're yeah. very, very, they're fun people. They? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daft as a brush with a pair of them. Oh, cool. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. So, we've got a last story is from the pair of them. Together. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So, take it away, Melody and Richard. My name's Richard Daniels, and I'm the archivist for the Occultariat of Albion. And I'm Melody Clark, karaoke champion and lollipop lady. So, what are your ghost stories, Mel? So uh, my dad used to work on the railway lines, repairing the track, track maintenance, that sort of thing. Really gruelling job in all kinds of weather and he'd be uh, ferried around all around Yorkshire in the north, even as far as Berwick-upon-Tweed, um, to do this, this job, this uh, very heavy, dangerous job. And um, he witnessed all kinds of things from um, dead Body, unfortunately, a young girl that had uh, what on the railway track? Yeah, yeah. Um, although his colleagues wouldn't let him sort of approach, they'd like, you know, I want to see this, Kev. You know, I want to see this. Uh, to lovelier stories of him helping a family of ducks cross the track. But I think my favourite of his stories is one time he um, was near a tunnel, so the bit of track that he was at had a tunnel, and uh, he saw an old guy in the tunnel. And there was a train, he knew there was one that was due to come through at any moment and he'd gotten himself to the side of the track and he was like, mate, there's a there's a train coming, you shouldn't you shouldn't be here, like you need to get to the side now or you're really like, you know, you're gonna get hit by a train. And this guy just stared at him. What was he dressed like? Oh, I think he was in a long coat with a hat. Mm-hmm. I'm not hundred percent sure. Regardless, this guy just wasn't budging. I think he might have ended up stepping to the side, but he didn't speak to my dad. My dad was saying, mate, you, you've got to move. You've got to get out of the tunnel. Like, it's not, you can't just stand at the side. Guy did not move. Train comes through. Guy's completely disappeared. My dad runs back up to the signal box. Says, did you see that bloke? Like, what? I can't believe what just happened. What? This guy was just in the tunnel and they said, Kev, we've, we've been watching the tracks for the past 20 minutes. Nobody's come through. And this is a story your dad told you. What does he think it was? I think he thinks it was a ghost. Mm-hmm. His first wife was a psychic. Her grandmother had a, was supposed to be on the Titanic, but something she had this feeling last minute that she shouldn't go. Something came up and she had to duck out of it. And that's true. So what's yours? Well, it's not as exciting as that, but uh, Tom and I were going for a walk one night down by near the industrial estate. There's a little pathway with a bench at the side and there's... This is a rural sort of industrial estate. Yeah, yeah, just a Not a big one in a city. Uh, Ran by the side of a field. Anyway, there was this 
bench with a, a guy sat on the bench with a dog and it was like some giant sort of beast. From a distance that's what it looked like and um, if either one of us hadn't been there I think if we'd been on our own we would have just turned around and walked away. But there was, uh, So we were walking towards this strange figure and uh, it was pretty scary. But it was just a, a man well, walking dog late at night. So. Disappeared as he... Hang on, what no, is? no, it, it was just a man with his dog. But from the distance, Tom and I were convinced it was Satan with his hellhound. So, let me get this right. You saw a figure with a dog, and you thought it was a figure with a dog. As you got closer, you realised it was a figure with a dog. I suppose you had to have been there. <laughs> Tell you what scares me about that though is the figure with the dog. Oh <laughs> <laughs> waiting, waiting. It's a brilliant um, punchline, punchline. Oh, but there we have got like you know terrifying, spooky figures about the train lines. We've got people being run over by them. We've got somebody avoiding the Titanic. No, screw that. There's a man with a dog. <laughs> and it was a man with a dog. Man with a dog. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. I loved it, didn't Yeah, it really did. That's a, a fantastic ending to it. But great story before. I love that bit with train track and it's just not there, you know what I mean? Yeah. A train booming through. Get out, mate, get out. Oh, and there's nothing scary. there. I, I, I had something a bit similar, you know. Oh, Because yeah. um, we were investigating, me and a friend of mine, we were investigating a disused railway tunnel. Oh, cool. And the, uh, the gate or the, the bars that were holding it back, you know, was yeah, sitting yeah. in a bit loose and we got in. We had our bikes with us, we had our bike lights on. Yeah. And he said you could technically walk all the way through this tunnel a couple of miles if yeah. you wanted to, to the other side. Wow. So we set off walking and we were in there maybe, I don't know, half an hour, something like this, walking yeah. and walking and walking. And suddenly a shadow loomed out at us and it was somebody coming in the other direction. And they'd walked through, but you're like an old tramp or something like that. Oh, God, I think you'll say a man with a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, we got then to the halfway point of the tunnel, and it was bricked up. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. It was bricked up with the tunnel. Yeah, them tunnels are spooky. Oh, oh they are as scary as anything. Yeah, scary yeah. as hell. But... Oh. I would just like to say a massive thank you to everybody who's contributed oh, to this massively. episode. We just wouldn't have been yeah. here without you guys, and what a spooky episode it was. Oh, That's right. fantastic. downs and ins and outs, and oh, a few laughs, and even uh, a man and a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind the Titanic <laughs> sinking. What's worse That's actually my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> Delivered so well, though. They were just sort of chowing about that. So dry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. well done, Pete. So I think it's time for me and you to get to bed, not yeah, together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, no matter how cold I am. No, I, I think get inside for some hot drinks. I yeah, think that's what we're after today, you know. I think I need a brandy. Do you know what? Just this one, so let's, let's have a little tot in there. With oh, us, uh, please, yeah. mate, please. Snifter. I need it. <laughs> Even if it's a work night. <laughs> so, from the spooky Kraken Cove, it's a big goodbye from Matt. And it's a big, very goodbye from Benny. Take care, guys. See ya. There are three ways you may contact Kraken Cove. Either by email at crackandcoldpodcast at gmail.com on twitter at crackandcoldpodcast
Cove or Instagram at Kraken Cove Pod. Ha ha!